0: Chapter 15 of the Brown Brethren. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Brown Brethren by Patrick McGill. Chapter 15. Taters and Vaseline. Rations enough to go round, rations enough to go round. God, it's enough, and it's horrible stuff, but still there's enough to go round. From the song of the best-fed army in the village the houses were fractured by high explosive shells the windows were painless and the doors latchless chimneys had been hurled to the ground and pounded to dust now in the summer it was sad to see the fallen homes of the little people especially in these days soft with sunshine glorious days when men whispered to themselves secretly how good how very good it is to be alive the mad vitality of life exulted itself amid scenes of demolition and decay young blood pulsed warmly the quick walked through the barren streets of the village young men pleased with their vigour and their calling man values existence and haunts where he holds insecure purchase of life the solitary violet peeped coyly up out from two bricks which topped a heap of rubble by the roadway near the church the heap of rubble had once been a home the cataclysm of continents the hatred of kings the mustering of armies the thunder of guns were all needed in the making of this a mean little nook on a rubble heap where a modest violet bloomed like cats to their accustomed haunts the natives clung to their village in brave danger and death and preference to exile but now in the day of big things the authorities removed the villagers and sent them back to localities further away from the firing line the villagers left the place without a moan placid fatalists who had lived and died amidst the thunder of a thousand guns they accepted the change mutely and left in silence their native place when ordered to do so they took away much of their portable property and left much of it behind on the eve of lammas day spudhole bub caught two homeless chickens fluttering despairing wings outside the estaminet la concorde in the village how am i to kill these ere animals he asked bowdy benners who accompanied him bowdy's face still bore the marks of his encounter with the german sniper put a bullet through them answered bowdy looking at the chickens that'll blow em to blazes said Bub. then wring their necks ow LIKE THIS, SAID BOWDY, GETTING HOLD OF A WATER BOTTLE BY THE NECK AND SWINGING IT ROUND HIS HEAD. I'VE A BETTER PLAN, SAID BUB, GAZING AT THE DOOR OF THE ESTAMINET. YOU OPEN that there DOOR AND I'LL OLD THE NECK OF THE an AGAINST THE JAM. I'LL SAY ONE, TWO, FREE, AND AT THE WORD FREE YOU SWINGS THE DOOR WITH A BANG AGAINST THE POST AND YOU'LL NICK THE NECK OF AN N LIKE WINKIN. THE OPERATION WAS PERFORMED WITH GREAT SUCCESS the chickens were decapitated and bub's thumb was bashed into an ugly purple that's a go he muttered not much of a game killin chickens like this not much of a game indeed said bowdy but they'll make a good meal these fowl and there's a bloomin dog too as was left behind said bub pointing his finger at the top window of the estaminet who was looking down at the two soldiers a lean dog with plaintive eyes and a queer crooning cry which said as plainly as any dog he can say take me away from this place why doesn't it come down the stairs asked bowdy benners why said Bub. 'Cause cause there ain't no stairs they've been blown away by a shell then we've got to get the poor thing down ow asked bub then without giving benners time to answer he said oh i knows ow there's a ladder round the corner we put it up and take the beggar down raising the ladder they placed it against the window sill clambered up and rescued the dog which they placed on the street then Bowdy and Bub went up the ladder again and entered the room. What's that thing under the bed? asked Bowdy, who had noticed a dark bundle on the ground. Bub peeped under and drew back his head as suddenly as if someone had given him a blow on the face. It's a dead blow, he said. Let's get out. They reached the street to find the dog lying on the pavement, wagging its tail. So pleased with us, said Bowdy. Might have died with hunger up there. Pleased, echoed Bub. The damned ungrateful swine take that and that the two kicks were neatly delivered on the animal's hindquarters and it rushed off howling AID our two blurry chickens and us rescuing him anyway we've the taters we'll get back to the trench and cook em i'll be back as soon as you said bowdy but i'll run down to Rentoul and get a bottle of champagne i've a few francs to spare "'On reaching the trenches, Bub found Flanagan, "'just finishing a good dinner of fried potatoes and onions. "'Blimey, I've taters, lots of them, "'and if you give me some onions, "'I'll make myself a bit of a feed,' said Bub to Flanagan. "'I do feel empty inside.' "'Yes, I've got some onions to spare,' said Flanagan. "'Are you going to cook now?' "'I'm going to cook now,' said Bub, "'but I want some lard or something greasy for frying.' "'Good idea,' said Flanagan.' "'What did you fry the taters in?' asked Bub. "'Oh, I fried them in... Vaseline,' was Flanagan's reply. "'Get out.' "'Yes, I did. Truth?' "'Oh, it's quite true,' Flanagan lied. "'You should try it.' "'So I will,' said the simple Bub, and so he did. He used a whole box of Vaseline, frying his taters on a mess-tin lid placed over a little fire at the base of a traverse. He ate his portion with great zest, vowing that he never had a better repast and all his life. Part of the feed he kept for Bowdy. Flanagan, delighted with a little joke, told Sergeant Snogger how Spud Old Bub had used Vaseline in frying potatoes. Snogger came up to Bub as the latter sat smoking a woodbine in the corner of the dugout. "'Spud Old Bub,' he said, "'what's wrong with ye?' "'With me,' asked Bub. "'There's nothing wrong with me.' "'You're looking very pale,' said Snogger. "'I never saw a man look as bad. Have you had no dinner?' no dinner exclaimed bub i had the best meal i ever had it can't have agreed with you said snogger you look as white as a ghost the sergeant walked away and flanagan poked his head through the door good god bub he exclaimed what has happened to you happened to me said bub nothing what game are you up to no game at all said flanagan but you look bad you should go and see the doctor this evening bub looked in the little mirror which he always carried about with him he was really a devil for the girls and he thought that he was looking white but i don't feel bad he said to flanagan you mayn't feel bad said the irishman but by heaven, you look bad is it your nerves had are given way i've no nerves said bub bowdy who had just returned was the next to pass a remark on bub's condition what has happened to you mate he asked you look like a dead hen i'm all right said bub but there was a note of concern in his voice. I had the best dinner ever. I had a moment ago. There's some left for you. Does it disagree with you, asked Bowdy, what kind of dinner was it? Taters and onions? Fried and Vaseline, was Bub's reply. The same taters that we got Vaseline, Bowdy repeated. Vaseline. Vaseline. What's wrong with Vaseline? Bub inquired. What's wrong with it, man, said Bowdy? Everything's wrong with it devil blow me blind it's poison pure poison no wonder you're looking white bub cast an imploring look on bowdy he was now evidently frightened i do feel something wrong with me inside he said i will see the m o this evening bub had a temperature that evening whether due to fright or the ill effects of potatoes fried in vaseline it was impossible to say the doctor sent him back to the hospital at blank a shell-stricken town where the wounded were confined to cellars before going further back from the firing line. Wrapped in blankets, Bub went to sleep on the floor, and about one o'clock in the morning he woke up and looked around him. A candle stuck on the cold ground burned timidly, and big black shadows lurked in the corners of the apartment. Opposite Bub, an R.A.M.C. orderly, sat on a biscuit box, dozing the unlighted stump of a cigarette between his fingers near bub another patient lay asleep his mouth wide open and his knees hunched up so they formed a little hill that dominated the cold clammy floor of the cellar spuddle looked up at the roof where the light played in little ghostly ripples as he watched a spider slipped out of a hole directly overhead and dropped slowly down towards his face in the half-light the spider looked an immense size and its legs spread out as if endeavouring to clutch something fascinated bub watched it draw nearer till it almost touched his face get out ye lobster he raised his hand as he spoke and aimed a blow at the insect and missed the spider clambered up again and disappeared blast the blooming thing he muttered and turned on his side oh blimey good morning a large toad was sitting on the corner of his blanket a mere hand's breadth away and looking at him with a pair of big glistening eyes For a moment the man and the toad looked fixedly at one another, Then the toad hopped away and disappeared round the corner of the bed. Oh, blimey, said Bub, cuddling up in the clothes and trying to sleep. He was unsuccessful, for his mind followed the toad. Where has it gone? he muttered. Spiders as big as lobsters, and toads as big as elephants. This here place is haunted. Now where has that ere vermin gone? He turned round on his side, and again his gaze fell on the toad the thing had ascended the hill formed by the knees of bub's mate and there on the eminence it sat its eyes fixed on the open mouth of the sleeper blimey it's going to jump in said bub raise the foresight a little you bounder and ah ten to one that you'll miss it moodily contemplative the toad sat silent its big shining eyes fixed on the cavern in front "'Jump, you beggar!' yelled Bub, shouting at the top of his voice. "'One good op, and you'll score a bull!' He fell into a paroxysm of mirth. The R.A.M.C. orderly awoke, rubbed his eyes, lifted the cigarette end, which had fallen to the floor, put it in his mouth, and came across to Bub. "'What's amusing you, chummy?' he asked. "'The spider and the toad,' said Bub. big lobster of a spider and then the toad. "'It's trying to jump into the man's mouth. "'Look there. Ten to one it misses.' THAT'S ALL RIGHT, SAID THE ORDERLY, WITH A BLAND SMILE OF UNDERSTANDING. YOU JUST LIE DOWN QUIETLY AND TRY AND HAVE A LITTLE SLEEP. BUT THE TOAD, BOB REMONSTRATED, IT'S JUST GOING TO JUMP. I KNOW, I KNOW, SAID THE ORDERLY. I SEE IT MYSELF, BUT TRY AND COMPOSE YOURSELF, CHUMMY. BUT MAN, IT'S REAL, SAID BOB, SITTING UP. LOOK YOURSELF AND YOU'LL SEE IT. DON'T THINK I'M OFF MY NAPPER. I DON'T THINK ANYTHING OF THE SORT, SAID THE ORDERLY, STILL SMILING i often see things here myself you lie down and you'll be as right as rain in the morning he put his fingers on bub's pulse held them there for a moment then pressed the boy gently back into the blankets i tell you there's a toad said bub struggling to get up again look at that man lying there and see the toad is on his knees he's going to op into the bloke's mouth in a minute to humour the patient the orderly looked as he was directed And sure enough, there was the toad, a real one, not a phantom originating from the disordered imagination of a sick man, perched on the knees of the sleeping patient. "'So there is,' said the orderly. "'I thought you were delirious, matey. Well, we'll put the thing out,' he said, and shoved it off the blanket onto the floor. "'You're not a sport,' said Bub, and his voice was charged with contempt. "'Why didn't you let it hop? I was betting on it. Now my bloomin' toad is gone.' bet yer it'll not come in again either said bub sadly i bet you it doesn't said the orderly but in a different tone bub returned to his regiment three days later a healthier and wiser man afterward he would never take part in a conversation wherein vaseline was mentioned but the sight of a frog always brought memories of toads to his mind and all conversation had to be cut dead until bub had narrated for the hundredth time THE TALE OF A TOAD IN A CELLAR. END OF CHAPTER FIFTEEN